0: welcome to artful aging with your host amy are you a senior or a caregiver of a senior looking for support and direction best-selling author educator and expert in senior living amy friesen is here with the help you need while providing you with an important and valuable support network so now please welcome the host of artful aging amy friesen
1: morning everyone, I'm Amy Friesen and this is Artful Aging with Amy and we're live on Bold Brave TV. If you were with us last week, you will know that we discussed caregiving and all the emotions that accompany it. This week, I'm speaking with David Gilbert, who is an in- integrative mental health therapist who uses multiple methods to assist folks who are dealing with stress, guilt, and self-sabotage. Over the years, and through my own research, I've had to look into many therapies to relieve stress and free up some mind space. I work on things such as meditation daily in an effort to calm a busy mind. However, I wasn't always doing this, and it took quite a lot of podcasts and books and people to convince me to try different techniques and also to try them for long enough to see a difference. I know some of us jump into something, think it's going to change our world, And then it doesn't in you know a day or two, and then we jump out. So it's important that we're doing it for long enough. And that's what I've been learning as well. Our guest today says that our past experiences, our memories, our reactions to stress, our image of ourselves, how our bodies react to stimuli and process nutrients all contribute to overall health and happiness. David's the owner of Ecosys Wellness Center and has been digging past his patient's symptoms to find the root causes in an effort to realign the mind and the body instead of just alleviating, for instance, if it's stress, the immediate stress uh, of the situation to really get down to what's happening um, so that it doesn't resurface or it resurfaces not as, as, as much. So David's gonna tell us a little bit more about that. I don't think I've done it justice. So welcome, David. Thanks so much for coming and joining us today.
0: Thank you, Amy. It's a real pleasure to be here. I should explain that I came from a background of trauma at a very young age, and not because anybody did anything wrong, just stuff happens, and they took care of me the best way they knew how, Mm. but I dealt with anxiety and stress and self-sabotage and depression on and off through much of my life, so I started a journey long before I went into actual mental health research and then mental health therapy. So I started off working with nutrient protocols as part of the Ecolib protocol. And it was an amazing experience, but I was always looking for the missing piece of the puzzle. Why do some people respond partially? Some people respond well. Some people don't respond at all. What do we need to do? And I was, I'm i very open-minded but skeptical. And the whole idea of energy psychology and Energy in general, when it came to human physiology, I thought was all woo-woo nonsense. But the older I get, the more I know what I don't know. And I started seeing the research on emotional freedom techniques. And I'd gone through a pretty devastating loss of my own, and I wasn't getting over it. So when a trauma therapist was coming to town who was a master trainer, I thought, okay, if I pay for it, I'll show up. So I paid for it, and I showed up. And an hour later, I wasn't out of the woods, but I could see there was a path out of the woods. And that's what made me realize, okay, I think this is an important piece of the puzzle. So I started becoming trained and did a lot of volunteer work. And then over the years, that just kind of took over and I went into full-time private practice and I've never looked back because it's just been life-changing for myself and my clients.
1: That's amazing. And I know that you believe in, Integrative approach to health is really important as well. Can you elaborate on this for a bit?
0: Sure. Our minds, our bodies, our digestive systems, our emotions, our early programs, they're all one integrative system with constant feedbacks. So if your diet is crappy, every single metalloenzyme and hormone and every protein is built from what comes in your mouth and if you don't have enough of the basic building blocks it's going to be much of a more an uphill climb if you're dealing with high levels of stress or subconscious beliefs that certain things that you want to do are not safe that metabolic demand goes way up so you got one foot in the throttle and one foot in the brake you're sucking through the nutrients far more rapidly than you should so your chances of getting into these nutrient deficiencies are much higher and many of us have really harsh constant tapes running in our head that i'm bad i'm not good enough i should have done it differently and learning to see that from a different perspective well would i react that way if it was my family or my friend can help us turn that on its head and start to retrain those systems. So everything we do, getting enough physical exercise, getting proper sleep, resolving the stresses that make it that we can't sleep, these all, any one of those will help the whole system become more self-regulated. And that's why I've been trained in so many directions because I'm always looking for where is the easiest way for clients to get to where they want to go. They shouldn't have to see me for decades.
1: Awesome. Well, today we're going to concentrate mainly on a therapy called EFT. Could you tell us what EFT stands for as well as explain it for our audience?
0: Sure. So EFT stands for Emotional Freedom Techniques. And there's also a beautiful evolution of that. This is commonly called tapping. And Australian researchers realize just how much the body informs what the mind and the emotions should be thinking and how they should be reacting. So whenever we have a thought, that first goes to the part of our brain that decides whether we need to fight, freeze or run away. And if there's any hint that maybe that's needed, it sends a signal to the body and your breath might get short You might get knots in your stomach. You might get hot or cold, and that sends an alarm signal to the brain going, look out, look out, look out. And depending on what your life experiences were, you're going to respond to greater or lesser degrees to these signals that are coming from the body instead of just going, oh, yeah, there's the signal, but there's actually no risk here. So we have electrical circuits throughout our whole body, and that's mainstream neuroscience now. But when you tap on areas where these circuits are close to the surface of the skin, you're creating a little electrical charge that's bioidentical to what you're producing in your body. It's like pressing the button on your barbecue and getting that spark. It's called a piezoelectric effect. So each time you each time you do that, you're making the amygdala, that part that's responsible for fight, flight, or freeze, to reassess. So it doesn't have time to jump in with its size 12s and start the sirens and the lights flashing. And that's what creates this peaceful space for the conscious and the subconscious to collaborate on figuring out what's the whole story here. Interesting.
1: Okay, well, let's explore this a little bit more after the break. I think we're off to the races at this point. So stay tuned. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of minutes and uh, David and I'll continue the conversation. You're watching our Full Aging with Amy. Artful Aging with Amy is currently looking for guests and show ideas for our next season. Drop us a line at hello at artfulagingwithamy.com and let us know what you would like to learn about in our upcoming season. Welcome back. Now, I know that there are some skeptics among us, and I hope that there is actually, because it's definitely an advantage. There's an advantage to learn about new things and techniques in a way that you're most comfortable with. So for some, it means physically trying something out. And for others, it means doing some more research. Even in my own house, I'm a hands-on, let me try it out type of personality, where my husband prefers to do extensive research. Perhaps that's the difference between the entrepreneurial mind and the engineer's mind, maybe. That's what I like to think anyway. So David, for those that uh, are researchers, what research is behind um, EFT and how do I find that for myself?
0: Sure. I love talking to engineers and scientists because they're skeptical just like me, okay? I want to know what is it, how does it work, what's the science? So there was an interesting study done by the U.S. uh, military, uh, Veterans Affairs, on veterans with PTSD. And the abstract is actually on my website. But what they found was six sessions of emotional freedom techniques had a dramatic effect. And many of them didn't even meet the criteria for PTSD anymore. And when they followed them up a year later, they were still doing very well. Um, if you'd like to get a long list of clinical studies, you can go to eftinternational.org. it's a not-for-profit and there's a very long list of clinical studies. You can also Google uh, Dr. Pita Stapleton at Bond University in Australia. She did a functional MRI study with people who had food cravings and they put them in the functional MRI and looked at how their brain lit up when they were exposed to this. They gave them, I believe it was eight straightforward emotional freedom technique sessions, put them back in their functional MRIs, gave them the same exposure and the brain lit up very differently. So this is one of the most reproducible and well-documented techniques, both emotional freedom techniques and this beautiful, even gentler evolution of tapping called IEP that's now much of my work, but it's still in the same field.
1: Interesting. Um, yeah, I'm going to, even though I'm not the researcher in my family, I would actually, I'm going to look up some of the stuff because it interests me as well. Um, can you also tell us, David, how is uh, EFT and uh, different from CBT? And you might want to explain CBT as well, but can you tell us what the difference is?
0: Sure. Um, CBT has got lots of studies and CBT can be quite effective for some people. For people dealing with deep trauma, CBT and some of my own clients have been badly destabilized by CBT because the subconscious programming was so powerful that the cognitive mind trying to say, no, no, that's wrong, just set up a dichotomy they couldn't stand. So with CBT, what you're basically doing is you're learning to understand why you're having these reactions. So you can learn to push yourself in a different direction and have different reactions. And that's great as long as the subconscious programming is not too badly out of alignment. But if it's way out of alignment, then bad things can happen. But even if it's not, it's kind of like going, okay, Here's these thoughts and these feelings, I'm going to put them in the closet and close them now and lean against the door because I understand why I'm having them so I can ignore them. But it takes energy to keep that door closed and things have a tendency to keep leaking out depending on how much is stuff behind the door. So it doesn't address the actual underlying drivers, the core aspects that are causing us to react in those ways. It's not that it's bad, it's just in my experience that there are other ways that are much gentler and go much deeper.
1: Well, and I think this opens us up for the next question I had is about the subconscious mind. I read a lot about it as well, but can you also kind of tell us a little bit more about what the subconscious mind is, like what it does so that we can have a better understanding?
0: Sure. So we like to think that our prefrontal cortex, our logical brain, is is calling the shots. Every advertising exec knows that you sell the sizzle, not the steak, because the emotions inform how you feel about the thought. So the subconscious is all the rest of it. And if you're not sure how powerful it is, walk over a sewer grate with your car keys in your hand, preferably with your finger through the ring. And as you walk over it, say, don't drop the keys. Your subconscious is like to hear, drop the keys, which is why little kids told, don't drop that glass. Next thing you know, the orange juice is all over the floor. Walk over the next grate and say, hang on to the keys. And you'll likely notice it feels very different. And your subconscious mind stores a million times as many data points as the conscious mind. And it never forgets anything. And it's been doing this since you were born. So every tone of voice, every word, every body language, uh, all is stored. And that goes to create our core beliefs, our assumptions about how the world works, how we fit into it, how secure we are, our value. And those core beliefs are largely laid down by the age of six. And from that point on, the subconscious is looking through the same set of lenses all the time, unless you have a way to change that. So when we're using these techniques to integrate the conscious and the subconscious in a safe way, you get to become this compassionate, nurturing mentor to your inner child and get to teach more of the rest of the story. So for example, a two-year-old might touch a hot stove and the subconscious might go, whoa, that white thing really hurts, don't touch it again. Or it could just as easily go, kitchens are bad. And for the rest of your life, be uncomfortable about kitchens and have no idea why. And the confusing thing is, there's an element of truth. It happened in the kitchen. It just wasn't the kitchen's fault.
1: Interesting. Um, And before we go to another break, could you just tell us briefly, too, what the difference between doing these techniques uh, on my own, like I was saying before, I've used apps and things like that, um, but what, you know, what the difference is between using an app and working with a professional? I know that we're going to go to a commercial in just two seconds, but could you just give us a brief overview? Yes.
0: You can only go as quickly as the slowest part of you feels safe going. So when we're working on our own, whether it's with an app or just because we've learned and we're doing it on our own, our subconscious isn't going to allow us to go as far as quickly. But also when you're working with an app or videos, you're working with boilerplate that has nothing to do with your own internal programming. So sometimes it can actually trigger really difficult feelings. So if somebody's really traumatized, I don't recommend that as a first step.
1: Fair enough. Okay, well, I know that I, we condensed that, but we will talk more about it. We're going to go to a break, and uh, we'll be back with David in a couple minutes. We'll see you soon. If you're a planner or trying to be one, Things You Should Know is a great place to start. Personal information, power of attorney info, and real estate is just a fraction of the information you can store in this fillable planner and record keeper. Download your free copy today at tntoast.ca Forward slash medical dash planner to get started. Thanks for joining us today on Artful Aging with Amy. Uh, my guest David and I are speaking about different mental health techniques to help alleviate stress and and different emotional barriers that a lot of people have. Um, some of you may have heard about the reptilian brain. So David already touched on this, but basically, it's responsible for self preservation and the fight or flight reaction. I'm definitely not an expert in this, but from what I read, this part of the brain is basically the same that it was when we were cavemen and women trying to remain safe. However, we don't have the same stressors as we once did. So with, the definition, with this definition, a stress response is the same, whether we are being chased by a lion or we miss a deadline at work. So David, feel free to tell me whether I'm off in a ditch somewhere, but is this somewhat accurate?
0: Yes, that's very accurate. But the beautiful thing is that we are not always driven by our hind brain, by our primitive brain. Our primitive brain is going to send the signals, but as we start to learn to interpret those signals and put them in a context of our grown-up adult lives, not the assumption of what that means from our childhood lives, then that becomes much less much less affecting to us and much less anxiety producing. So simply tapping as we go about our day helps to tone the central nervous system. So my client's homework is you're reading a book, you're driving in the car, you're watching TV. Just spend a couple of hours a day tapping because it's helping to teach the whole organism to come into a more balanced state that's reacting to what's actually happening, not reacting to what might happen. Because if we imagine something strongly enough, the subconscious doesn't understand the difference between the imagined thing and the actuality. And that's why COVID has been so devastating for so many people, because if you hear something often enough, you'll believe in it even if it's not true. In the case of COVID, there's lots of things that are true about it but it's left us with this constant drumbeat that is just waiting to leap on us and destroy us and kill us all. And that's one of the reasons why there's such a skyrocketing rate of anxiety and depression in children and adults.
1: Yeah, well, and we're going to talk more about that with me in a little bit as well, David, because I'm definitely dealing with it myself. But why do childhood events still affect adults? Like, I know that You know, we talked about the subconscious, but can you give us a little bit more insight about what we might have experienced as children and how it comes into the adult life?
0: Absolutely. So trauma as a child is anything that that causes us to feel like our emotional connections with our caregivers are threatened or that our safety is threatened. So I have clients come to me that have been dealing with anxiety and depression for years because they're going, well, my childhood wasn't bad. So why should I? I shouldn't need therapy. (laughs) Other people had it so much worse. I feel guilty for coming. But sometimes we just draw the wrong conclusions. I broke my leg when I was two. I was put in traction for 10 days. And in those days, they didn't allow the parents to visit because it upset the kids too much. They didn't know the kids getting quiet meant that they'd sunk into complete hopelessness and helplessness. So when my parents picked me up, I reverted to a newborn. And I thought my brain had just rebooted like a computer. Decades later, many decades later, while I was doing continuing education in my field, and I was a volunteer, I heard a little, I started to smell hospital odors. And then I heard a little voice go, I didn't mean to be bad. And then I want to go home. I had no idea that my two-year-old self had assumed they took me there and left me there because they didn't want me anymore because I was bad. So that affected my entire life until I discovered these ways to actually go back and become a compassionate, nurturing mentor to my inner child. So nobody did anything wrong. But it could also just mean you go to reach for the stove and somebody roars at you at the last moment, she won't get burned. And all you know is suddenly this, this loud, angry voice and you don't know when it's going to happen again. And depending on the hormones you were experienced to in your mother's womb when she was stressed and your epigenetics, which affect from 9 to 15 generations back, affect our gene expression, and everything you experienced as a child will go to what your reaction is to that. So it could change on a dime and all of a sudden you go from being a happy, secure kid to being a completely uncertain child who's fearful. Nobody did anything wrong. It's just it was the interpretation.
1: Interesting. I'm always trying to be aware of how I react to Eva when she, you know, don't touch that, it's hot. And, uh, you know, I, I think all of us are just trying to do our best out there, right, especially with uh, young children as well, um, and and reassuring her that, you know, you didn't do anything wrong, but this is, you know, this is this, and this is why I'm doing that. So it's, I'm always trying to keep a balance. Um, can you can you tell us, because uh, we're going to get into more about uh, your practice specifically, but just before the break, could you tell us a little bit about uh, the benefits warranty that you give a lot of your clients? Can you can you elaborate so we can sure. talk about it?
0: Many of my clients, because I do a lot of trauma work, many of my clients have been through many different therapies and sometimes a number of hospitalizations, and it's really hard to think maybe it could be different because they've tried every drug, they've tried every therapy, so what's the point? So for the sake of those people, I give them the option if they choose to prepay for six sessions, if they don't show substantial progress within six sessions, then the cost is refunded. And if you got enough tools in the toolbox, it's pretty rare that you can't find the ones that actually fit and adjust without forcing things. Because as soon as you start forcing, subconscious is trying to keep you safe the best way it thinks it knows how, and it's gonna push back real hard. And it's got lots of ways to make you do what it thinks you need to do or prevent you from doing th- something it thinks isn't a good idea.
1: Yeah, it's definitely tricky even trying to find the different modalities that I've looked into myself you know, you never know if it's going to work. Um, you're always kind of hopeful, especially someone like myself, because I try a lot of different things because I'm I'm open to those experiences and that's how I learn. Um, but you just you never know. Right. And so you're always just trying to like dip your toe in and that you don't know how long to dip your toe in for, which is what we were talking about before. Um, so it's very tricky. So I, I wanted to mention the benefits warranty because I think that was, you know, it it's encouraging more than anything that say like you 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 know you've done this for so long that you that you know it's going to work on a level and and if it doesn't for some reason then you know it takes that extra stress off someone who wants to try something new so i hope that our audience today is finding this conversation interesting um, or at least warming up to it because i know again there's lots of skeptics so after the break david and i are going to continue our conversation. You're watching Artful Aging with Amy on Bold Brave TV. See you in a few. Are you watching us on YouTube but would rather listen to us in the car or on a walk? No problem. Artful Aging with Amy is also available as a podcast. Head over to com for the links. Welcome back to Artful Aging with Amy. We've been talking with David Gilbert, who is an integrative mental health therapist. Sorry, my t- I get tongue tied when I say that, David. He specializes in EFT therapies but also does a lot of other therapies. So David, although you do a lot of work with EFT, um, and I'm just I'm blanketing calling it EFT cuz I don't have as much familiar familiarity, but you also use other therapies. Could you tell us um, what the other types of therapies might be worth investigating for things like stress and guilt and other similar emotions for all of our caregivers out there?
0: sure so for somebody who's suffered deep trauma but they can't remember the trauma but when it gets triggered they pass out or they don't remember what's happened emdr can be a useful therapy for bringing up those those buried ones things that happen in our adult years Um, if it's something that happened pre-verbally then we can use emotional freedom techniques or IEP working through the physical sensations that happen when we think about that time of our life. But one of the most profound evolutions of what I do is this Australian work known as IEP, Intention Energy Protocol. Again, it's a variant in tapping, but we're not going with rigid, okay, on a scale of zero to 10, how strong is this? And we're going to work that and tell us down to zero. And then we're going to take the next piece. We actually just start with, what are you noticing right now? And they're tapping the whole time, but they don't have to tap through all of the points. They can, and I typically do because I'm tapping with my clients all day. But they could also just tap beside a finger or tap beside each of their fingers beside the nail and that allows us to go exactly as the subconscious is comfortable going so often it'll come up as my breath is a little tight or my chest is tight or i have knots in my stomach or my shoulders or my neck are getting stiff we just go right to that aspect and take care of it and then see what happens next. I also use uh, elements of Eden energy medicine. Um, Donna Eden married a a delightful clinical psychologist, uh, David Feinstein, who is uh, world famous now. He's done many clinical studies in EFT and energy medicine. And he realized that his wife actually sees energies. So she was able to work with clients and see what was happening, but she was able to teach other people how to use these techniques. So some of these are techniques that I just teach clients how to use for themselves. There's a five minute daily energy medicine routine video on my website that's free for anybody to use. And it's surprisingly effective. And if you're in a, in a relationship with children or, or a partner, the one where you're grabbing your top of your shoulder and stroking across to the opposite hip, if you do it across each other's backs, it feels amazing. And I find the families that do this little brief technique together, the families become more cohesive. I also, where it's appropriate, I will refer people to nutrient protocols. I have a, um, a team of amazing healthcare professionals that I can refer people to, including a holistic nutritionist who is used to teach at the college, a chiropractor who's also got a degree in kinesiology whose whole mental aim like mine is to get people back on their feet and have the tools to take care of themselves so they don't need us anymore. Um, I also have um, research from Canadian uh, developers on ways to improve balance and immune response that are very inexpensive and very safe. So these are peripheral to the actual work of bringing the young self-conscious self into understanding the present world with a greater degree of of perspective.
1: I think it's interesting to note too that, you know, you've said it a couple of times and with the other, uh, like the chiropractor and things like that, you know, the idea generally is that people don't see you guys forever, right? And a lot of people don't go to get things looked at or therapies or kairos and stuff because they just feel like they're going to be going forever and you know so and so is going to take their money and whatnot and just like you know what i mean so it's it's important to note that like the idea is to solve it and move on with your life right so um i know that we talked about trauma a little bit before the break but many people don't realize that the trauma does not need to be a capital t trauma to affect their lives, as we were talking about. So does trauma have to be really bad to, to be worth going to therapy, David?
0: No, it could be something that when we look back on it, it seems inconsequential, or to everybody else it seems inconsequential. But if at the time it felt like our emotional bonds were not being met or they were, our emotional connections were threatened in any way, or our physical safety is threatened in any way, that can set us up to see the world from that unsafe perspective. And when it comes to emotional bonds, when those bonds are threatened, then one way or another, we're either going to respond by when we're in relationship, when we're afraid that those emotional needs might not be met, we're going to have a tendency to either cut and run or we're gonna have a tendency to hang on for dear life. In extreme cases, a client came to me that she was so dissociated that it was affecting her work. And she didn't even really feel like things she touched in the world. It was like she lived behind plate glass. And as we were working through what was going on, she suddenly had a mental image of herself standing in her crib, holding the bars, and looking at her sleeping parents and where she was feeling this sensation in her hands and i asked what was happening i asked what are you feeling and she said unnoticed and unimportant so that completely innocent thing her parents were asleep how could they do anything wrong yeah. that had set her up for a lifetime of i have to disconnect cuz i'm on my own It's really
1: difficult because I'm I'm sure many people can, you know, have that type of feeling, right? And they don't understand how to address it. So after the break, uh, what you've all been waiting for, David and I are going to go through a tapping technique on myself, and you're going to get to see it in live time. So stay tuned, grab a cup of coffee. You're enjoying Artful Aging with Amy on Bold Brave Media. Are you in need of retirement living, but unsure where to begin? At retirementhomeadvisors.ca, we have brought senior living advisors together from all over Canada to help families navigate the senior living industry. For more information, book a call with one of our advisors today. Hi everyone, welcome back. Just before the break, David was telling us a story uh, of this lady and, and we were talking on break, so I'm just going to let let him let, uh, let you know what happened. David, can you just finish off your story for us?
0: Yes, immediately we finished processing that experience of being in the crib, looking at her sleeping parents. I saw her reach out and start touching the windowsill and the side of the the, the arm of the chair because, for the first time in her living memory, she felt things instead of being at a distance from them. It was really amazing to watch.
1: So interesting, as if you know she's been watching it. Now she's like in in enjoying it or dealing with it, right? Connected. So. Yes connected yes that is the word so david knows this already but our audience does And i have been uh, dealing with covid right now and uh, a lot of stress everybody's dealing with a lot of stress and we're going to do a tapping uh on myself that david's going to lead so you can see it in live time um david that's all it's over to you i guess at this point
0: all right so you can either tap just beside your fingernails or you can tap all the regular EFT points, whatever feels better for you. And Right at this moment, when you check in with yourself, what are you noticing? Physical sensations, emotions, thoughts?
1: I personally am feeling a little bit, um, a lot of bit, probably stressed um, from having COVID and dealing with the outlier of all of that.
0: And how is your breath right now? Sorry, you froze. What was that?
1: Sorry, it's a little bit short. Okay. Shallow, I even. Repeat yeah.
0: Repeat with me. I restore the right energy flow.
1: I restore the right energy flow.
0: To my breath.
1: To my breath.
0: And just let that process and see what you notice next. And I release all of my emotional attachments.
1: I release all of my emotional attachments.
0: Do I have to make something happen for the camera?
1: (laughs) Do I have to make something happen for the camera? I can feel that I'm getting a bit more deeper breaths.
0: And is there still some tightness? Yep. I restore the right energy flow.
1: Restore the right energy flow
0: to the ongoing healing of my breath.
1: The ongoing healing of my breath
0: in every aspect that affects it.
1: In every aspect that affects it.
0: And I release all of my emotional attachments
1: i release all of my emotional attachments
0: to everything i've connected to the word covid
1: everything i've connected to the word covid yeah i can get a deep breath now okay.
0: So just check in with yourself again and see what you're noticing now. It might be physical sensations, emotions, or thoughts. Whatever it is is right for this moment.
1: I think it's more on the uh, stress level.
0: Okay. And how do you know you're feeling stressed?
1: Um. Possibly because I've definitely felt stressed a lot before, so I kind of know that feeling. It's hard to uh, describe to you and everybody that's watching us.
0: And where are you feeling it, if anywhere?
1: Uh, in my throat, right here.
0: I restore the right energy flow.
1: I restore the right energy flow.
0: To my throat. My throat.
1: Now, David, when we're doing this, you can tap any of those spots, eh? Maybe can we go through and show everybody what the spots are? Yes.
0: So it's inside edge of the eyebrows, outside edge, crest of bone under the eye, upper lip, the crease of the lower lip, just under the collarbones, just outside of where the bumps are, and then beside the nails. So on the thumb, mm. when your thumb is at the top, you're tapping at the top, and then beside each of the nails, and then the karate chop point, and you can do the inside of the wrist, and the outside of the wrist. And these other points that can be used in special circumstances, but these are the, the common ones. But with this form of tapping, We don't have to use any specific point. Any one of those points will help. And just tapping all by itself in double-blind clinical studies has been shown to reduce cortisol levels, which is one of the big stress hormones. And that's why just spending a couple of hours a day in total, just tapping, will help the entire central nervous system. Another technique for people who get stressed Is they can take these two fingers and draw little circles on their upper chest. And they can do it on one side or both, do it slowly, just whatever feels nice. And if you're doing this in an interview, Amy, your interviewee is going to be going, Amy is so intelligent. Look how she's pondering my every word. And (laughs) I have no idea that you're stimulating acupressure points that calm the central nervous system. So when I was playing volleyball, when I was My subconscious was going, what if I hit the net? (laughs) I would just do this while I tapped a few times, and the other team would think, that son of a gun, he's looking at the nastiest place to put it. And then I'd send it. And if it hit the net, so what? Olympic athletes hit the net. But it meant that I I wasn't afraid of it anymore. So I didn't either bounce off the wall or bounce off the net.
1: Well, and what's interesting, too, for everybody who's who are just learning about this is that you don't have to do all of the points, right? So if you're in a situation, you can just do this, and it's pretty, you know, it's it's pretty minimal. Um, You can even
0: just gently press. So nobody would have to have any idea that you were doing anything. You could do this in any place. Well,
1: so... You only saw a little brief amount our audience, but I've done this before and I've actually felt a little bit of relief there too in that really brief amount. So I, you know, David, we're at the end of our time already. I can't believe it, but I really wanted to thank you for coming on and showing everyone. For more information on David.com for links in his bio. So much, David, I really
0: appreciate it. Oh, it's my great pleasure. Thanks for having me on.
1: Are you and your family considering senior living options, but you're not quite sure where to start? In my best-selling book, Breadcrumbs Piecing Together the Retirement Living Industry, you will find tips and strategies for navigating the entire journey. Whether you're needing help with understanding the basics or strategies to help a loved one with dementia, it's all inside. Head over to tntoast.ca forward slash ebook to pick up your copy today. Welcome back. I hope you've gotten some value out of today's episode. If so, please like and share this video as well as subscribe to our channel to be notified of our next show. According to Statistics Canada, the 2018 study, roughly 5.3 million people in Canada mentioned that they needed some sort of help for their mental health in the previous year, which is a huge amount of people. You know, that was even before COVID. I'm sure it's much, much higher now, and all of us are trying to deal with it in our own way, but it's definitely... Um, a trying time for everyone. The most frequently reported reasons for having unmet or partially met needs were related not only to not knowing where to go and being too busy, but not being able to afford to pay, which is why I wanted to point out um, David's warranty, which is, I think is fantastic. So I'm going to talk about um, a few of the apps that I use, and I've come by to help me on the road to recovery, on the road to being less stressed. These are my top three, actually kind of four, top four apps um, that you might want to look into if you're looking into things um, such as tapping and meditation. So, my top app for meditation and yoga has been Down Dog. You can get that as a free app and you can also um, be a paid subscriber. And it, obviously it's different between the two, but both versions are great. Um, I use this quite a lot uh, when I was learning to meditate um, and also when I'm my, doing my yoga practices in the morning. The second app, when I was building my original habit of meditation, I used the 30 day challenge in Medito, which is a free app as well. Um, and they have a lovely 30 day challenge, which is 10 minutes a day. And that really got me into the habit of doing this meditation and knowing, okay, 10 minutes is what I'm going to do. And then you feel like after you know, you're going through the calendar and it's 30 days, you're, you definitely are accomplishing something, which has been really nice um, as an app to learn on. The third app would, is called Let's Meditate. It's a free app as well. And it, I use it as well, um, just for more so of changing a voice because I use guided meditations. Um, and so that gives me a little bit of variety in my day. And then lastly, another app that I have used uh, for tapping is called the Tapping Solution. Again, free and paid. Um, This helped me understand, even before I met David, understand what tapping was, do it on my own. Um, as David mentioned, it is different when you're doing things on your own versus being with a professional, even with yoga, meditation, tapping, all of the above. So, um, things work differently for people. So, you know, at least these are ways that you can get introduced to meditation and yoga and tapping, um, in a free zone so that you don't have to invest too much and see what you think about it. Um, now next, So that's it for uh, this week's show already. So on next week's show, we're going to be speaking to two entrepreneurs that work in the senior housing industry. Um, they're definitely very highly innovative uh, folks, and I'm really, really excited to have them on to show you what's coming up and coming in the seniors industry. For more information on them and David, visit uh, ArtfulAgingWithAmy.com. Thank you so much for joining us today, and we are live on Bold Brave TV, and I hope that you have a wonderful Wednesday.
0: You've been listening to Artful Aging with host Amy. Many folks just like you feel they're alone in their journey in helping a loved one or caregiver. So tune in each week and let Amy show you that help is around the corner and is just one conversation away here on
1: Artful Aging.